0: hello and welcome to life beyond the numbers the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life we live in a world largely driven by numbers logic and reason but how we feel at work and about our work impacts us our organizations and society There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Mikrealon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't, people who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have It's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories, and strategies to inspire you to Hello and welcome to episode 138 of Life Beyond the Numbers and this episode is going out on Saturday, July 29th, 2023. For those of you who are regular listeners, you might remember that last week I mentioned that until the end of August, I would only release a short episode each week with an update on my writing during the week, the progress struggles, insights, etc. And also I would share a speech, which sounds a bit weird doesn't it, but I had all these speeches lying around from my time at Toastmasters on various topics and it's been interesting to go back into them and get some insights from them. So I also thought I would record them and share them. And this week is largely about time, and time is sometimes a difficult concept to get our heads around, because it can speed up or slow down, all of its own accord. And the English language is full of time-related sayings. We're running out of time. There's never enough time. This'll save me time. If I could turn back time. I had the time of my life. You're wasting my time. I need more time. They say, and I believe them actually, that we overestimate how much we can get done in one day and underestimate how much we can get done in a year, and possibly even a shorter time period like a month. And often it is those cumulative effects of showing up time after time and doing the work that does get the results for us. And my struggle in previous weeks wasn't so much showing up to do the work, but more about knowing what work to do and how to optimise the day. So I had been blocking out time and carving out time, but I wasn't necessarily using my time as effectively as I could have been. But as they say, not much point dwelling the past. And luckily I got introduced recently to something called Ultradian rhythms. And if you've heard about these, great, I'd love to know your thoughts. If not, have a listen. You've probably heard about circadian rhythms or their 24-hour cycle of sleep and waking and An ultradian rhythm is a bit like a mini version of this, and there are several of them in our 24 hour day. The concept is pretty simple. Working with your ultradian rhythm is about following your body's natural work rest cycles. And by doing that, you're likely to reduce fatigue, the effects of fatigue, and increase your own productivity. And the work part of the the rhythm is the first 90 to 110 minutes and then the rest part is the next 20 minutes and so on it goes. So you work for 90 to 110 minutes roughly speaking and then you rest for 20 minutes and then you can go back to being productive again. Now Of course, you could push through and you can work for four hours if that suits you. But actually, the body needs this break to replenish some of the energy that you've been expending. And also to do some housekeeping, like sorting through some of the stuff you've been mulling over or working through and organize it and like create connections so that you can continue to be creative and possibly have some insights that maybe you wouldn't have had if you pushed through. And this actually reminds me now as I'm talking here about episode 127 with Kerry Cullen and the performance paradox. It might be worth listening re-listening to. Now the key part of this is the recovery and the recovery needs to be active recovery as opposed to passive recovery. Now active doesn't mean doing more work (laughs) but it means doing something that's involved for you that is different from what you're doing like going outside in nature, doing some meditation, some exercise, So it's absorbing your attention in a relaxing, rejuvenating and refreshing way. If you spend the 20 minutes scrolling on your phone, looking at whatever, or watching TV, that's quite passive. It might not capture your attention in a way and let the mind wander because that's what you want to happen here. You want to let the mind wander and give it time to create those connections. And then back to your go, back you go to your desk, ready to go again, ready to perform. And I set my days up this week where I could to work in this way. And actually, oh, there was another technique that really helped me to do this even more thoughtfully. And that was designing a startup system for my day and a close down system basically a way of lowering my cognitive load and if if you remember me speaking to gianna in episode 126 and she was talking about lowering cognitive loads and we talked about Steve Jobs and how he used to wear the same clothes every day. Well, obviously not the same ones but you know <laughs> the black turtleneck and the jeans because he then didn't have that decision to make in the morning. So this is kind of similar to that I have this startup routine for my day that actually when it's written down it's like a checklist or a to-do list as long as I follow that then my mind is clear to go and focus on the work and the same at the end of the day as long as I follow that my mind is clear that I've done my day and everything can be left behind and part of the end of my day is to reflect on how the writing if I did any that day went and also to focus what the next writing session will be focused on. So I'm setting myself up as well for when the next time I sit down, I'm ready to get going. Now, this might all sound kind of straightforward and maybe you all do this already, but it has been overwhelmingly helpful for me this week. And something that I really noticed was when I plan the week out and I'm quite detailed about it, including having two specific windows during the day to check emails or go on LinkedIn, that actually I'm not even tempted to check them outside of those times. Even if I'm on my phone (laughs) and that is quite something, it somehow just took away my mind wandering to these decisions. So combining that with paying attention to my Ultradian rhythm has changed my days for the better. So I made progress this week, I absolutely did. I showed up and I did the work. My concept or framework is definitely evolving and I'm seeing connections everywhere. It's also like time consuming and requires focus, but it's shaping up well. And I think when I crack this properly, I believe so many things will fall into place. So I am making progress. And rather than wondering if I could have done more, worked harder, written more words, written in better English, I congratulate myself each evening for doing the work. And maybe next week, I can talk about some of the techniques I'm applying to keeping those inner voices or the inner team as Akim in episode 135 speaks about. Just before it's time to say goodbye, I wanted to briefly talk about the concept of a deadline. (laughs) And last week someone changed my perspective so much on what that phrase means. I used to say, like, we don't need time. We just need a deadline. I heard this somewhere else and it really worked. But actually, if you break down the term deadline, you can kind of say that it's assuming we're going to be dead when we cross the line. And working yourself to the point of exhaustion, or I don't know, it just seems a bit futile. And is it really any way to work to have this pressure of escaping death? Is it, is it? And of course, our ultimate deadline is indeed death, which brings me to paying my respects to the absolutely special soul that was Sinead O'Connor, who passed away, died earlier this week. Sinead was such an inspiration when I was a teenager. And I was shocked when she passed away during the week. I couldn't believe as well how young she was, which of course it's all relative, isn't it? And says more about how I see fifty six as being young now. (laughs) I've read a lot of what was been written about Sinead, and a lot of it has said that she was ahead of her time. Was she? Or were we just stuck in a time where we were desperately clinging to days gone by or time gone by and trying to keep time standing still? Sinead was undoubtedly brave, vulnerable, courageous and outspoken. She spoke of things that many of us might have felt unable or unwilling to talk about. and. Without her, they may well have remained unsaid. Perhaps she was ahead of her time, but it was her time, and this week it was her time to leave us. May she rest in peace, and Sinead, nothing and no one compares to you. So all of this talk about time brought a speech to mind that was about the time I entered the world. Or maybe it's actually more about carpe diem and seizing the day. Officially the speech is about my communication style. And when you're in Toastmasters, you follow like a path of speeches that helps you determine your communication style, your leadership style and other things. And the categories of communication styles were initiating, supportive, direct and analytical. And my style I discovered is initiating. And I don't know, there's something about initiating that speaks to me like creating time or making the time or finding the time. Or maybe it's just when the time is right, you know what to say. So I hope you enjoy this. It reflects on some moments in time throughout my life and it's about eight minutes long. Until next week, have a great time. Breakfast and attention. The first one to wake each morning, boldly demanding breakfast and attention. Who could ignore you? I had wanted a girl and rang old friends to boast of being your father. These are lines from a poem my dad wrote for me on my 21st birthday. And being the first one to wake each morning, boldly demanding breakfast and attention, seems to me to personify an initiating communication style. Over breakfast, I asked myself, Do I really have an initiating style of communicating? I mean, we all adapt and move between different styles. But I was delighted to think of myself as sociable, enthusiastic, energetic, spontaneous and fun-loving. The first thought that jumped into my head about spontaneous was impromptu speaking. And I thought, well, you know, it actually took me quite a while to feel comfortable at being spontaneous. But on further reflection, I remembered an example of where being spontaneous had a huge impact on my life. In my early 20s, while still in uni, I took part in what they called the Milk Round, with the big six, as they were at the time, accounting firms. I don't really remember getting help preparing for interviews, but I would imagine there was some advice as it seemed to me there were standard or expected responses. Like a way to behave, an etiquette even. I only got to the final round of interviews with one organisation. And when I was going for that final interview, I knew that this one was my last shot and I needed to give it my best to secure that coveted training contract. I distinctly remember saying to myself that I was going to answer the questions that were asked of me as if it was the first time I'd ever heard them. No more rehearsed, rattled off replies. So I'm in the interview and I have a feeling it's going well. We definitely built a rapport. And as that feeling of this is working for me began to spur me on, the partner asked me, Susan, where do you sell yourself in five years time? And without missing a beat, I replied, I really hate that question. Can you ask me something else? (laughs) I'm sure there was a voice or several screaming at me. No, what are you doing? But much to my sheer delight, the partner began to laugh and said, I really hated getting asked that question too. And now I'm just getting my own back and the interview went uphill from there. I even remember after answering one question, the partner said to me, I think we have a future prime minister, Taoiseach, on our hands. To which I replied, minister for finance, actually. I got the job. Fun loving was much easier for me to picture And with humour being one of my top three values, I know that if I go for too long without laughter and joy, the cracks begin to show. Okay, so I know I'm fun loving, but what do others think? When I left my last job in Geneva, I got this lovely book where colleagues had written farewell messages A quick scan through demonstrated more of this initiating style. One said, My listening ear, empathy, wise counsel, and humour all in good measure showed exactly why I was so highly regarded. Another said, It's not often you get colleagues who can mix having a laugh with total professionalism. And others wrote, They would miss my witty sense of humour and my good humour and one person even stated that they benefited from my humour. Another colleague mentioned my fizz and a number mentioned my energy and my passion. And if I haven't yet convinced you of my fun-loving style, I remember visiting my grandmother in an old folks home. She had dementia and had no clue who I was. I sat with her for a while and when I was leaving she actually said to me, I've no idea who you are but you're great fun. When it comes to energy I know I exude and embody energy in my communication not just verbal but in my body language and often in my written too. I love to infuse energy into myself and into others, much like laughter or most moods, it's infectious. But one example was from someone else. Just before Christmas, I had a phone call with someone I had connected with on LinkedIn. I'd initiated it. And after I talked about what I was doing, this person said to me, there's a couple of things I want to say to you, but first, I just want to say you have a remarkable energy in your voice. So I just want you to know I'm feeling re-energized by rediscovering this initiating communication style. While of course I'll adapt my style to the situation, it's really helpful to reinforce that this is my dominant or natural style. I'm ready to embody it with even more energy and enthusiasm. And in a world where attention is almost a currency, we are constantly competing for attention. I know that I have the ability not only to compete to boldly demand attention that and breakfast of course so who can ignore me thank you so much for listening I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode if something rang through for you be sure to let me know or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.